Hello, welcome to MikeyPod Podcast, episode 307 for October 26th, 2020. Today's guest is musician Sabrina Chap. We will be talking about her brilliant new album, Postcards from the Rearview Mirror, which is really how she describes as a coming-of-age queer radio musical. Ah, it's really good. It's an interesting album, and here's this is from the press release, which I think is perfect. Weaving prophetic monologues, theatrical soundscapes, and 10 songs that tells the story of two queer teens who escape the violence of their homes for the bright lights of Hollywood. We had a really good conversation about this song. Uh, I don't even want to get too into it. It's it's super interesting. Stay tuned. By the way, <laughs> I am your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based here in New York City, On this podcast, I have conversations with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for over 15 years. If you like what you hear, subscribe using the colorful buttons in the sidebar and footer at MikeyPod.com, or just search MikeyPod in your favorite podcast directory. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at MichaelHeron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at MichaelHeron or email MikeyPod at gmail.com. Hello and welcome to the show. This is the time I usually do some updates about what I'm working on and um i'm working on this podcast making consistent it's been like over two months of solid weekly podcasts which has been a struggle for me uh so i'm really happy that's happening i have like a backlog of podcasts so i gotta get an extra podcast out this week uh jill carnegie you'll be hearing from her this week she's instrumental in the kaporos chicken rescue here in new york city um i've talked about it on the show uh you'll learn more about it in that podcast have a couple of other great interviews coming up and I'm learning a lot, which I, I, I want to get into it another time. Um, so all of that said, and before we get on to things, I have a quick thank you to my subscribers on Patreon who power this podcast and all the other creative work I do. These are folks who subscribe for $5 or more a month and get special perks like tons of free downloads of my music and zines, a bonus podcasts. There are like, I think 50, 54 bonus podcast number 54 will be going up this week and you have immediate access to that and my albums and all this stuff when you subscribe at patreon.com slash michael heron and this wednesday i'll be posting another exclusive deep conversation with sabrina chap who we're talking to today we did something really interesting and i'm curious to to hear your feedback on it we started with um an, a very original iPhone recording of a song from her album that she just like she recorded right when she wrote the song. And then we talk about the process of how it got from there to its finished version, which shows up on the album. So it's going to be a really cool and interesting combo. So I hope you guys stay on track for that. We're talking about music. We're talking about a musician and her new album. It just wouldn't be right to not play some music from that album. I want to play this track for you. It's called Own This Town. It's from this album, Postcards from the Rearview Mirror by Sabrina Chap. And after this, we'll hear the interview and discussion about the album itself. Stay tuned. Suck fast Little smile I put on my lip gloss Lip gloss girls are meant to last
her latest album postcards from the rearview mirror that was on this town by sabrina chap who is joining me now on the podcast welcome to the podcast sabrina yay thanks so much for having me Hurrah. yeah yay i keep for some reason i feel like adding like we know each other through a big question mark like i've still never figured this out but i'm so glad that we know each other and that we've hung out and um that you have this new album out um i want to talk about the album itself and the song we just listened to. Do you think there's a best sure. order to talk about that? Uh, maybe, maybe the album first, I think, probably. Okay, yeah. Let uh, It's a concept. There's stuff happening. Tell me about it. Postcards from the rearview mirror. It's like this weird, like, uh, I call it a radio musical in some ways, even though it is just ta- 10 songs with monologues before each one. And each monologue is a letter that's sort of describing what's happening in the plot of the of the story. And the main story is that there's these two queer girls from Florida that um, escape the violence of their homes for the bright lights of Hollywood. And it starts with like them having to suddenly leave one night and then quickly just get out of town. And then um, it's very clear that one of them is in love with the other. Well, they're both sort of in love, but uh, the person that she's writing about, the main character's writing about, is a little bit manipulative. So you sort of see the main character sort of go through heartbreak, queer heartbreak for the first time. And um, that's sort of the whole arc of the the entire album is sort of experiencing heartbreak for the first time. And um, 
yeah, it's it's really different than my usual stuff. Like it's day and night. Um, but I just sort of ne- felt that I needed to get it out there. Yeah, I mean that's a beginning good basis. I could talk more about it, but yeah. Yeah, but that gives us a good framework to go back and talk about the song we listened to at the top of the show. Where does it fit in in the story? Right. Well, that was actually the last song written for the album. So I had, so I usually play piano and I'm um, like a vaudeville cabaret type person usually. So, I mean, the album sort of started because I was sick of writing all these joke songs about sex and penises. Like Mm -hmm. I just, I write, it's, you know, it's so easy to get a burlesque crowd laughing just by saying the word penis. So it just, you know, I, I got to a point where when I felt I needed to write a song, I would go to the piano and a joke would come out, even if I felt something very, very true. So I decided to switch up instruments because the piano just meant jokes at one point. And I'm, you know, I'm sort of a little bit of a novice on guitar. So that had me writing a bit more vulnerable songs. And I had like, the first five songs were collected through like a span, a big span of years. And, but I had these five songs and, um, I think Shotgun Wedding was the one that made me be like, oh, I feel like I should do something with this. And I showed a friend the five songs and they were like, you should try and make this into a bigger album. And so I looked at the five songs and it looked like a story was happening in there. So I sort of took each of the five songs that I had and laid them out in the narrative of Heartbreak. And so there was the one where they're falling in love. There's the one where it feels like they were cheated on. And in making it a 10 song cycle... I was able to sort of just fill in the dots of where the narrative needed to be. And the last narrative that I couldn't pinpoint was Own This Town, which was um, sort of this feeling of just freedom, but from anger. Like when you're so rage-filled of, you know, being... Can I swear? I'm not sure. Can I swear? Yes, you can swear as much yeah, as you want. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Um, when you're so rage-filled after being fucked over for so much of your life that you, like, enter a new town and you're like, fuck it, I'm going to own this town. Like, you guys don't... I might be battered and bruised and broken, but I'm going to fucking rule the world. And having that confidence that's, that's, uh, that's almost a scary type of confidence. And I just... That, that song, it took me a little bit to find. And um, my ex at the time, I kept on showing her, you know, Different Sun, which is the one before it, and, and Make Me Famous, which is the one after, and being like, what song needs to be there? And finally, she was just like, it needs to be the song Perfect Day for Elise from PJ Harvey. Mm. And I was like, you're right. That's the feel it needs to have. So I listened to that song on repeat, and then the bass line came up. And then just the song came out really easily from there. So that's how that song came together, was full on trying to just fill the narrative. Like that was the moment, the emotional moment that that needed to be filled there. Mm. I oh, There's so many things. <laughs> I love knowing this, like the backstory of putting this album together. And I think it's important for people who uh, like music and aren't necessarily necessarily musicians or you know who haven't written music to kind of realize this thing that you're you did like how this album worked you had it you didn't just magically one day say oh i'm going to make an album it's going to be like this here's the plan and then do that it evolved um i just get very excited about hearing about the evolution of a project like it started out one thing and it kind of became something else yeah it's i mean Projects are so weird in that way. And I mean, 
I just, you know, I was talking to a friend about Club Cumming yesterday, which is a place that I love here in New York, and that's Alan Cumming's bar. And, you know, it's, it's one of my favorite places in New York, and there's such a special feel. And someone had mentioned that Club Cumming was actually what he used to call his, like, dressing room when he was in cabaret. He would just invite everyone there beforehand, and it was, like, the name of his dressing room that just sort of, like, expanded into eventually what became a club. Mm-hmm. And I, doc- I talked about how the sense of play is so important. Like, when you're like, oh, my God, this is my club, and it's just your bedroom. But, like, then it, you build it into an actual thing, and I feel like that's what this album was. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to fuck around. And then, then you start taking your, your play seriously, and then it, it becomes something. So you're just sort of looking at it being like, what is this? And then you make it into something. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that is, like, helpful information for me. Like, one of the things that, that I think I get bogged down when I'm trying to create something is I take it too seriously at first, you know, instead of allowing that play time to happen and let it evolve into its own thing, you know, like, does does that make sense? Yeah. No, it totally does. And I I mean, I'm sort of struggling with that right now because I'm I'm trying to finish uh, songs for the next album. And because I, I sort of like, it's, it's weird writing on assignment as opposed to just simply writing Um, a different portion of you comes out, but probably one of my most successful days that I had songwriting is um, I hadn't written for about a year because I was part of this songwriting masterclass in Northwestern, which was just a shit show. And Mm. they had some terrible uh, professors that really just pummeled my artistic spirit. And I didn't write for a year afterwards. So I I talked to my friend David Ames and I was like, I've got to write. And he wanted to write too. So I was like, let's set a day aside and see how many songs that we can write in one day. And just like, start to finish in the morning and I wrote five songs in that day wow and yeah and actually the fourth song was the beginning of hate becomes you and that was but the other ones I mean this was a long time ago the other ones are bonkers I wrote Zipera's song on that day which is like a really satirical crazy song um that was on oompa like just I I wrote five songs all of them in different styles but it was it was this act of who cares, don't question it, just make it, just do play. And I think that when you actually become an artist artist, when you're like, this is what I want to do, getting back to that sense of play is the hardest thing. You know, once you actually start begin taking yourself seriously, to go back and remember to do it just for the joy is is so difficult. I, there's, I, <laughs> I have these moments with this podcast, and I don't want to get all, well, I guess I do want to get all mystical, airy-fairy, woo-woo. Sure. Um, there are moments in almost every episode when I'm like, oh, that's what I needed to hear from this artist. Because mm. I've been in this place where I'm like, you know, I've been working hard on things related to making art. And I get in this podcast is a creative process. But, sure. you know, like I, I'm, I've been realizing over the last few weeks, like, didn't you used to like write songs and and, you know, have fun playing with like electronic music and all the stuff I like to do. And it's and it's that little bit you just said that is what I would like to return to like oh yeah I did that a lot because I was still I still had a sense of exploration and excitement about learning you know new things I'm thinking specifically about electronic music Um, and now that I've done a couple of albums and shows and different things I'm a little like okay so what's the next show gonna be instead of like oh what's that's uh, let me explore, like, and just let it be that. So that's cool to yeah. hear your your process with that. 
Well, I mean, it's something that I'm needing. I was trying to write a song yesterday and I was, it just wasn't coming. It really, really sucked. And it was because I realized I was forcing myself to write a song instead of just explore. And it, but it is this weird thing, like when you are a barista or like working at a bookstore and you're like, oh, I'm just going to try something. It doesn't have the same weight. But then when you actually want it to become your career, it then that weight does appear. And it, it's it's sort of hard. Um, but yeah, I need to remind myself of that at all times, too, to just have fun and, um, you know, make a mess first and then you can clean it up. But to not to not judge it as well. And I think that's why with postcards, what was good about it was that I did change instruments like I could just tell the piano like at that point it was just joke 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 mm. and I'm like well let me go to an instrument that I sort of suck at and that my lyric my lyric writing changed dramatically writing for um, postcards because the sound of the instrument was dramatic and what I had to play with was dramatically different so then it became like a new um, challenge in some way to find like lyrics that fit this type of music so yeah it's it, it's hard it's rough but to remember to play con consistently because that's what it should be like we're playing music right have you gone back to writing at the piano since writing at the guitar again has it did it change your work at the piano i haven't written so much there i mean i've, I've done some things a lot of them have been on assignment um, and that's the problem that I'm at now is I'm very good at writing on assignment for things. Um, so before postcards, actually, I had written a tween musical mm. and it turns out and my two cabaret um, albums before that were really I'm, I'm very good at story driven songs. And so I've gotten very good at being like, oh, this is the moment I need to fill it and do it. Whereas when I began writing songs, it was just me being like, I feel this way, let me explore that. And so in some ways, um, you know, I've gone back to the piano and been writing stuff, but it's still on assignment. And I'm having a hard time getting back to that vulnerable place mm. at the piano. So I'm still... Um, and what's hard is that this next album sort of doesn't demand that either. So, um, yeah, it's 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 rough. <laughs> so a couple of other things about the album that I'm fascinated by, and partly because it's a world that I delve into as well, is that you recorded the entire thing at home, yeah? Yeah, I did. I did. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 on the same um, the same thing I'm recording the audio at my piano I say yeah I did I did and leave it silence for a bit because it was fucking hell man it yeah. was it was it was so hard it was um I am I, I am many things um and uh, among I three of the things that I needed to be to make this a fast uh, album to record was a really good guitarist someone that had really good guitars and a great engineer and I sucked at all three of them my guitars were really old, um, janky. Um, so I didn't realize that they weren't sounding good because of that. I'm not a great guitarist, uh, so that was really hard, and I had a lot of problems engineering it. Um, but probably the the worst thing about recording it at home is that when you're in a studio, like you're paying for time, like you know, and it's expensive. So you better fucking get it done. But if you're home alone and you're like, I think I can do a better take. You literally, I, I mean, hundreds of takes, hundreds of takes of stuff, just because I'm like, I think I can get it better. And so there's like, there's no one to be like, stop it. <laughs> there's yeah. no one to say, you know, I mean, it's really, it's, it's crazy inducing. Um, yeah. 
So, but I did. I did record it at home, which was, and it was my first time producing something of this nature um, because my other ones were more acoustic instruments, and this was all electric, which is not anything that I've worked with before. So it was, it was really hard for me. Mm-hmm. It, it paid off. It sounds great. I love it. Oh, good. Thank <laughs> yeah. you so much. Yeah, I work my butt off on it. I work yeah. my fucking butt off on it. <laughs> uh, that thing with the multiple takes, like, I feel that <laughs> very strongly. It's Yeah, yeah. I, I do it with, like, sounds, like a kick drum. I'll be like, mm, oh, this isn't quite it. And I'll go, like, I'll realize, like, I've spent, like, an hour, like, sampling different kick drums. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. no, this is. You get nuts. Yeah, this isn't about that. Stop it. No. No. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 so so bad. And um I mean I basically in the recording of this every single thing went wrong. This took me forever to record, but I also had um dealt with vocal nodules at the very top of this. So there was a, a period between when I wrote some of the songs and between when I started recording them and at that point I developed uh pre-nodes. Um, and so I couldn't sing, I couldn't actively sing the songs anymore. So, you know, uh, I went to voice therapy so I could just even get the sounds out. And then, you know, I, I never considered myself a singer. Um, I've, I've always felt more that I'm a writer. And so when I first went to the studio with my first album and they put the mic in front of me to sing, I was like, what the fuck? Like, what do you mean? I felt like Karen Carpenter, like if you took my piano away, I didn't know how to sing, um, you know, like with her, her drum set when they took that away. Yeah. And then to really, you know, with sort of a voice that was broken, try and just be a singer. Um, it was really frustrating. So the, I'm glad it's done, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, and I learned a lot, but it was hard, man. Uh, so it like, yeah, like how or what, this feels like potentially a corny question. Um, sure. What, in those times when it got so hard, you know, you're fi- catching yourself um, doing take after take after take, um, all the different things with like having vocal notes, like there are a lot of obstacles in this project, oh, yeah. like with many projects, um, what what kept you going? I mean, and like you've mentioned, like three out of probably fifty obstacles. This thing took forever. I mean, it's it's hilarious to the point that when I I tried to get the guy that I wanted to design the album cover, he's like, "Oh, I have this new disease, and my hand doesn't work." <gasps> like it, like Stop. I was like, well, "No, of course, of course, your hand doesn't work because that's how this album's been going." I went to go pick up. I wanted to pick up the masters from the person that mixed it, and she was like, "Oh, my place caught on fire," and I was like, "No, of course." Of course it caught wow. on fire. Like it, it literally was that type of things. But um, the best way that I can describe it is it was an itch that I needed to scratch. Like that was it. I get really obsessive about finishing stuff. Like um, it, it's, it's, not, it's not good. Like one time I was hired as a temp and, um, you know, they needed me to like file all of these things. And the people that work there, you know, they were there all day, so they would take their time. But I'm like, sort of like, I need to get this done. And until this is done, I'm not going to relax. And I like did it in a day and they were like, what the fuck? And I was like, yeah, I'm like, I just, it needed to be done. So it was, um, yeah, it, it, it's weird. Like why, why do I need to make an album when number one, people aren't buying albums when number two, I can't tour it. Number three, like 
all of this stuff. I don't know because you're you're a fucking crazy artist, and you're like, I just need to put this out there. This makes no sense, and I'm gonna change genres again right after this. Like, I'm gonna put out an album that is so weird in a completely different genre, and then change genres again and never return to it. I don't know. I, I had no audience for this, no nothing. Um, but I just, it was an itch that I needed to scratch. That's all I can say. I don't know. It's fucking nuts. <laughs> I love like it's and it's the hard thing and I guess I'm curious if you have this experience too where I find myself in the middle of a project in like the hard part like getting a performance together and Mm. in that space of like god damn it like why is this the thing that I have to do like it's so hard to do I have to I have to write it perform it like then beg people to come see it or talk about know. it you know like I, I get in this and I haven't done it in a while but I think I'm always curious about other people's experience with this I get in this sense of resentment of like why can't I just be like doing a nine-to-five a job and like going home <laughs> and like watching tv every night like why is this the thing I have to do ah! I know I know we're just weird and we're just cursed with it. You know, I like to think about Christo, um, him and his partner, I forget, uh, Jean-Claude, Christo and Jean-Claude, that they, for 20 years, were like, we want to see orange things hanging in Central Park. Like, that was their fetish. Like, for 20 years, (laughs) they were just like, we're going to fundraise and we're going to do it. We got blocked again. I don't care. I want to see those fucking orange orange gates hanging in Central Park for no reason other than I wanted. They held on to that for 20 years until they, like they, it took them 20 years to scratch that itch. And then it was up and they're like, <sighs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> like and we were all like, awesome. Here's some orange, you know, it's really pretty. And then it went away. And, but I don't know. I mean, why does anyone it's weird to say, why does anyone need to do anything? Like people that are unfortunately like dentists and plumbers and teachers, they are in, uh, in some sort of career that is validated by society being like, you are a useful human, so we will pay you. And we are in a, in a time that does not deem us valuable. So it, it is, something where you have to go against the grain and be like, even though no one wants this, this is what I have to do. It's just, you can't help it, you know? So the flip side of that question, I guess, is have there been moments when you had fulfillment that you realized like, oh, this is why I do the thing? Uh, not recently. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) No, especially not during these times. I mean, you know, again, as you know, like, uh, a huge reason I'm so grateful that I'm on your podcast is I could not get anyone else to review this album. I couldn't get, and I was sending out press release after press release and people were saying, you have to pay us to review the album. I mean, Mm. it it hurts me so much that, you know, I mean, I'd been touring for about 10 years now and I saw my CD sales going from what carried me to virtually nothing. And we're at a point where not only are we paying a lot to do this, but then now no one's buying it. And then you have to pay yourself to give it to people for free. And then you have to beg people to listen to it. And then apparently now you're supposed to pay people to review it. I mean, it's, 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 uh, you've caught me at a time where I'm extremely demeaned. Um, 
you know, with this album, I was going to tour it. I had to cancel my UK tour, which sucked. Um, but when I do live performances, just that moment of being on stage and connecting with people, even before the pandemic, it always was really special. It, it really is that very special thing of sharing humanity and sharing a moment of empathy with people and creating a magical moment that you can't hold is one of the most magical things. And I guess maybe with recorded music, that's possible too, but you actually are never there to receive it um, if other people are just like listening to it. So, I mean, I hope people listen to it. I hope they feel something. Um, sometimes I get email messages that are really helpful, but it, it's, especially without live performance, it, it's hard to feel like, yeah, that was worth it, you know, mm. but it, it doesn't matter. It's because I'm compelled no matter what. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's that's the problem, is that it, it, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm just going to do the next stupid thing anyways. Um, for myself, the most, the times that I feel the greatest success is when I, like, nail a lyric or something. Um, that feels really, really good. And that feels worth it just for me to translate um, just something in my head accurately so someone else can receive it. That feels like some sort of like, yeah, that was worth it. But especially in COVID times, um, you know, and especially in these political times, it's, it's, it's rough, it's hard, but it, it, it doesn't matter. You just do it anyways, you know? I could relate to so much about what you're saying. And, and um, yeah, it's, I mean, obviously we have a whole new thing to deal with and who knows like what the new thing later is going to be. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but that, that push to just do it anyway is really meaningful to me. So I'm glad you talked about that too. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's good for me to even talk about because sometimes when I feel shitty, I just have to remind myself, well, this is your compulsion. So <laughs> you don't really have a choice, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You just got to keep on doing it. Uh, Okay, so we should start wrapping up this portion of our conversation, but I don't want to do that without talking about the song we're going to listen to at the end of the show, which is called Red Heart. Do you have a little uh, background on that song for us? Yeah, sure. That was also one of the earliest songs. The earliest song from the album that was written was Drive, and that was written years and years ago. I think Red Heart might be the second oldest, and I had written that. I had broken up with my girlfriend... And I was in Paris and I was staying at a friend's place and I like began hooking up with this one guy just like as like a fun thing, like one night. Um, and it was really, really casual. And it got to a moment where I was just, I, I was like, oh, Sabrina, you're putting yourself in a dangerous situation. Like you don't know this guy. And so I suddenly just like really ran out of there and I remember going back to my apartment and just sort of like shaking being like what the fuck am I doing like I am broken and um I just they had like one crappy guitar there that just had like you know only a, I think a few strings and before that I'd been a bartender in New York and there was a regular that I um, used to wait on all the time and she had just been broken up with and she was really distraught and she said she said to me that when she's broken up with, it feels like the wind is passing through her. She's like, it feels like I don't have a chest, like just the winds just like passing through. And I just remember her standing there so clearly, just this echo chamber of a human. Um, and I think I, I called to mind her story when I was sitting in that apartment. And um, it's, it's a really different song for me. And I think it was because I actively was so broken during that time. So that's, that's how that song came about. 
Wow, that image is powerful. I can see her now still. I, I remember her very, very clearly when she said that to me. Wow, those, those moments are just... When someone is just saying something, they're not attempting to be poetic or meaningful. They're just saying a thing that is like, mm -hmm. whoa, yeah, heavy. Okay, so we are going to wrap this part of our conversation up. Um, but two points. One is we're going to do a bonus conversation for um, subscribers on Patreon, which is this great thing I'm really excited about. We're going to talk about... Um, we're going to hear a demo of one of your songs and the finished version, and you're, we're going to talk a little bit about how one got to the other. So that's going to be super fun. Um, and so the last thing we should make sure we do is tell people who are listening how they could purchase your album, find you online, all those different things. Oh, yeah, great. Actually, it's it, I guess that it's good that uh, you ask this. So my name is Sabrina Chap, or like that's my stage name, because uh, my last name is sort of unpronounceable. It's Chapajev. But uh, basically, you know, SabrinaChap.com and all of those places. So the thing is, during this pandemic, um, the, I've, I, you know, I fucking hate Spotify. I just, I mean, I understand how great it is to listen to songs on there for free. But um, just the fact that now all the musicians that I know, our work is so devalued is, is really hard. And um, Bandcamp has stepped up as the one platform for musicians that is trying to help musicians during COVID. <clears throat> They're doing this thing where every Friday, the first Friday of the month, they don't take any um, proceeds from any music that is sold uh, through them. And it's, it's, you know, one day a month, but it is like the one streaming platform that is actually trying to support or give back or help out the musicians during this time. So right now, I actually only have the full album with the monologues for sale on Bandcamp, um, just to be like, you know, fuck the rest of you. Um, but, uh, all of the songs are available on Spotify and stuff. I probably will try and get the full album to be sold on iTunes too. But right now, the only place you can get it with all of the monologues um, is Bandcamp. Um, so if you put Sabrina Champ in Bandcamp, you'll find it. But then you can find all the songs on Spotify and all the other places that anally rape artists. So... <laughs> um, yeah, you can do that too, which is fine. I mean, that's fine. Uh, I also, it's a weird thing too, because I realize that a lot of people like listen to Spotify with shuffle and like, I didn't want the monologues to come up exactly. Like it's weird having to sort of dismember your own creation. So it fits an algorithm a little bit better. Um, it's strange. It's strange, but, um, yeah, you can find it on there and you know, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh so I'll put uh, people who are listening, I'll put all these links in the show notes for this episode too. So you have a nice, easy place if you can't remember. Um, I want to touch on that idea because I remember you posted on Facebook trying to sort of figure out if those monologues should be included in your release on Spotify and whatnot. And now I, I know what solution you came to. It's tricky, right? Like it, it's really weird. And, and, and it is something that takes your vision away. But yeah. It's, yeah, I think that's a whole other, yeah. Yeah, especially because this album really is sort of, it is a full story. Um, I did I did uh, record the monologues as separate tracks, so if you did just want to listen to the songs, they exist as that. So they, it can just be a collection of songs, being like, oh, and you can just be like, those are nice songs. But um, I think the story really enhances it. But yeah, 
trying to figure out how to modify your work to be listened to in a way where people are just like, I remember I was in a bar once and someone was like, oh my God, I love this song. And I was like, oh, who? I asked uh, someone, who's the artist? They're like, I don't know, but it's under my playlist. And she gave me the name of her playlist as representative of the artist's music. And it made me so upset. I'm like, really, you put a playlist together? Do you want me to follow you? Why don't you know the name of this artist? So um, it's uh. just, again, the times that we're living in. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've had. I, I probably I won't get too into it right now, but podcasts uh, podcasts are on Spotify now, mm-hmm. and like you know, okay. I have I have my music on Spotify just because that's just I felt like that's it, like that's where people are listening to this stuff. So it's in all the mm-hmm. digital things, but the way they're handling podcasts is really like adding to my distaste for Spotify. So I've even I think a couple episodes I mentioned it in, just in the intro of the show that I was considering like pulling my podcasts off Spotify. Just because it's weird, like it's, I don't know, I'll talk, I, I don't want to yeah. get too into it. No, I know, but like, but then we have to put it on there because everyone, it's it's weird. It's a really weird um, position that we're being put in. It's like, you must love your captor. <laughs> yeah, but they're making it even more like, so podcasting to me, I've been doing it forever. Like, it's just this cool indie thing where you could just put an MP3 on your website and people can subscribe to the um, RSS feed. And then there are all these uh, directories and players that can list it, but Spotify is trying to kind of reverse it. So, like, and they they are getting podcasts. Like uh, Joe Rogan's podcast is now exclusively on on Spotify. So if you want to listen to it, you have to go to Spotify to listen to podcasts. So it's like mm-hmm. I don't know. It's I don't. Uh, it's it's got to be in my bonnet for some the other little things they're doing. But like uh, and oh, now yeah. and now it has me thinking about like well maybe I don't want my music there either. Like yeah. They're making money off of musicians and podcasters, and uh, I don't know who else who and we have to able, pay. Yeah, who aren't able to make a living, and they're huge. It's and it's fucked up. Yeah, I mean that's why I like I was like wow out of every single streaming platform, Bandcamp is the only one that's like oh shoot our entire the people that we support the the people that support us are going through a hard time right now. Let's give them one day a month. I was like. Why? Why isn't any other place doing that? So that's yeah. yeah. Props to Bandcamp. Yeah, that's it. Is super cool that they're doing that. Anyway, woo! I didn't know about that tangent. Yep. I was going to go down, <laughs> or we were no, going to go okay. down. No, I know. Me too. Uh all right. So, so great to talk to you. If you want to hear more, listeners, there will be a bonus podcast on um, Patreon.com/slash Michael Heron. Um, thank you so much for joining me today, Sabrina. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Really. And uh, here is um, Red Heart.
Her latest album, Postcards from the Rearview Mirror, that was Sabrina Chap with Red Heart. Thanks for joining me on the show today, Sabrina. I have to admit, like, I have listened to that song, but that was the first time I listened. I don't really do that the way I used to. But, you know, in this setting, I've got my headphones on, I'm editing, and I drop the track in there, and it's like, oh, my God. That is a great track. Did you really listen to, like... In that middle section where it builds and you hear the various voices like layering and the guitar, it's kind of on both sides of your head. Like, put headphones on and give that another listen. I I don't want it to sound like I'm blowing smoke, but come on, that was great. And this is a creator who she made this entire album in her apartment. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm just having one of those moments where it's like, oh, come on. This, like, the attention to detail on that track that an individual did, like, putting her vision together. Come on. Like, I'm feeling really moved by that. So thank you for your work, Sabrina. Uh, If you're listening to this, go check out her album. I'll put a link to the Bandcamp um, site, buy a copy and, um, you could, or you could listen to it streaming. If that's your thing, like just give it a listen and spread the word like independent artists like this who put so much love into their work. It's really important that their work is heard. So, um, help me to spread the word, help her to spread the word. Uh, this podcast is a day late. I, so I don't know what happened yesterday and I guess it's okay. I totally lost my momentum. I, I, w- I was late on getting this together and this is the end of the podcast. Most of you turned it off by now anyway. <laughs> I don't think people really typically listen to my ending here. But, you know, it's this ongoing, like, challenge. And and this is why I think it's so... Listening to Sabrina's song at the end was so powerful to me. People like us who create things just on our own. So that also means I have to self-motivate. And it's not easy. Like, it's been very difficult for me. It's getting easier. But there are days like yesterday where I was like, I just... I just don't want to do anything like and then there's no one there's no project manager uh so then i'm left with the uh, guilt of not doing the thing and the whatever that feeling was that kept me from doing it to begin with it's a little it's a little challenging getting better at it got therapy today we're gonna talk it out <laughs> but uh anyway i just wanted to share that my apologies if you were looking for this podcast on monday it's a day late um, I, I'm assuming that's okay with you, but if you were feeling disappointed that you didn't see it, I do apologize. And I'm going to keep on working on this podcast seems to be like the thing that I'm like, okay, come on, let's get this thing plugged in. And I'm almost there. Like, uh, I'm almost there. So, and as I layer these things on, I think these other things I want to create will work. Yesterday, I really felt like, oh, I want to be making a vlog and I want to, the podcast, I'm not even doing that today. And oh, I got to figure out my health insurance and the, everything felt really hard. So on days like that, 
I think maybe it is a good idea to just like step back and like <laughs> just unplug, deconnect from all of it. Deconnect, disconnect. Anyway, um, I hope you're doing well. Um, we're in, in New York City. It's a cloudy morning here, Tuesday morning, and um, we're easing into winter. And uh, it's, uh, I'm trying not to be too dark uh, because there's a lot that I could be dark about. Um, I don't have control over very much of it. So I am doing my best to um, look, look at the bright side, but, or maybe find the bright side. And there is a bright side, right? Anyway, um, I've been going on too much. MikeyPod.com. Say hello. Uh, join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Michael Heron. Uh, Sabrina and my conversation um, about her track. I can't remember which track we talked about. You'll hear. Uh, patrons, that'll be up on Wednesday. I'll get it wrapped up and ready to go, and um, I'll post it tomorrow morning. All right. <laughs> what a weird ending. It feels very conversational and chatty. Huh, maybe this is the way it should be. All right. Have a great week.